And this week we are light of one. Uh, we're missing Greg, but Harry, Liam, how you doing, boys? Liam, no awkward silence. I'm I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. Had a really good weekend. Uh, Hibs yesterday just kind of topped off. It was a top draw weekend. Um, just everything you could have wanted in a performance. But we'll get to that. But no, I'm I'm on cloud nine today. Actually, no Monday blues whatsoever this morning. I went to work. Let's say I went to work. I turned my laptop on. Full of energy this morning, so I'm I'm happy as Larry. How you doing, Harry? Hi, no, if Hibs are good, Harry's good. That's that tends to be the rules of life, eh? So um, sun currently shining through the windows. I've got no complaints. Nah, mate. I think that's him. Really good night out with you boys on Friday night. Then Hibs on Hibs on Sunday. Fantastic. Seen both of you at Saint Leon before the game. Sat with you, Harry, during the game. Life's good, mate, and. The, the action on the park wasn't too bad. Let's get straight at first half. Um, wait, wait, before we get rolling, I think there's, there's one there's one elephant in the room that we have to uh, address. Um, certain people that actually watch and listen to us have been saying hello, and I think that's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So hello on the podcast. If you've got any names, <laughs> you need to give shout outs. I didn't actually get any, but I, that's, I that's funny. You no, know, I didn't. I didn't actually, but uh, it, it was... Uh, I'm glad you'd mentioned it, because the, the guy had said that he ran a Facebook supporter's page or something and its name's totally fucking I've totally it's totally went away from me but if I, if I remember it I'll put it in the is that uh, the boy in the YouTube. pub on the way to the game you yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so the name's bad. totally the name's totally escaped me but um, if I remember I'll put it in the YouTube bio uh, the link and whatnot to his page um, but no yeah action on the action on the park it was uh, in fact before that what about you was he before the game like and after it, but I don't know if it was because it's the first time we've been in ages, but I was felt, no nervy, but like, felt like a big, big game, eh? Like, what, I don't I know, see, did you just feel like see, that? I've, last season, I didn't really, like, the Hearts game aside, I didn't really get that, like, overly nervous for any of the games, but I was standing there and I was completely fine, and then as soon as the players came out on the pitch, my heart just started pounding. I was like, <laughs> we're away to the team that's, we're all tipping for relegation, and I'm absolutely shiting myself. But um, no, nah, it was it was class. That, that's what being a football fan's all about. Like just the actual feeling, and just you're actually involved in the game when you're there. Eh? My my stomach is the indicator of how big a game it is, right? So if you're playing Stenhouse Muir at home in the League Cup on a Wednesday night in the League Cup, my stomach fine, no issues. But but yesterday I had that wee that wee kind of my spidey senses in there were telling me it was a big game yesterday. I had that slightly nervous tummy going to the ground, and I was like. I'm definitely not going to be using the bog at any point between now and the end of the game. So, however I feel, I've just got to hold it in. But uh, once the game got started, that was fine because I think it was just it was anticipation of being there and being at the ground. And also, it was kind of a slightly kind of sober away day for me yesterday, which is not yeah. all too common. So, but I, actually, yesterday I did it had that feeling of a big game walking up to the ground. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I felt as well. What did you make of the opening sort of? So Motherwell scored in the 12th, 13th minute. What did you make of that sort of opening 10-minute period before that? I thought we actually started the game quite well um, when we got on the ball, which I would probably say was the case for the first half. But I felt when we moved it and moved it at pace, we looked OK. But there was a lot of time where, especially when we had the ball at the back, it was slow and it just meant Motherwell could sort of sit on the midfielders. Um, I, I wasn't overly impressed. I think, I think the goal for them came at a good time for us because I think we reacted really well to it. I think the first 10 minutes, I just 
I think McGuinness looked like the only one who wanted to be on the ball. I know that Liam wasn't very impressed by Murphy in the first half yesterday, but I thought Murphy actually made one or two, like when he got on the ball, he actually ran at them quite well. Um, and I don't think we utilised Boyle. I think most of our attacking threat comes down the right side when Boyle gets on the ball. I don't think we really started feeding him until about 25 minutes in. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I wasn't overly impressed with the start of the game, but as soon as we conceded, I thought we got into the game very well. And what did you make of that sort of opening spell? Let's just say even up to our equaliser, inclusive of the Motherwell goal. I'm, I'm probably going to go slightly against Harry and say that I don't think I ever at any point thought we were in danger of going 1-0 down. So I, 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 I remember when Motherwell scored me thinking that's surely against the run of play. But I'm not sure we necessarily did a huge amount in that 12 minutes in terms of creating opportunities. I just felt that we had a lot more... Um, desire to get out in front of the ball than Motherwell did. Uh, right, I mean, one of the things games a massive theme in the 90 minutes for me was the number of runners that we had from midfield when we, when we got possession. We had guys wanting to get forward, whereas when Motherwell got possession, they had kind of two out balls and it was either long to the big boy Van Van Veen, who I think had a good game, or the guy, was it Woolery, the number seven, that kind of scuffed yeah. a couple of chances yeah. in the first half, or half chances really in the first half. Um, so I, I, was, I, was, I would say I was impressed with us to a point. Uh, I think the thing that I would say up until we did score, we hadn't looked particularly uh, efficient in the final third. There was just a, kind of that one little sort of mat, last pass yeah. was kind of missing. I think we'll come to that later in the game. That certainly kind of turned around in our favour later on in the game. But but for that first like, 20 odd minutes, so we didn't we didn't get down and and kind of make make those simple passes as well as perhaps we could have. Yeah. So so the first goal came obviously like we said in the 12 or 13 minute. Was it second phase from a, was it a corner? It came from second nah, phase of a corner? Second phase kick. Of it was a long, long, long kick. Kick. Oh, yeah, from like the, sort of right yards. in the middle. Yeah. Aye. The Aye. Aye. And it breaks out wide and McGinn's sort of one-on-one. McGinnis comes out, tells McGinn to go with the runner. Maybe just it's a half yard. At the game, I thought it was terrible, terrible defending from McGinn as well as what was going on in the box. On reflect, on watching it back, that was some cross that we got put in. I thought the boy got, I, I don't know who, was it Was it that, uh, was it Palmer that's their left back that probably should have been sent off? I don't know if that was him that put it in. Um, but, Jake Carroll. Oh, Jake, that's, I don't know where I got Palmer for. Um, but the, um, I, don't, I don't actually know if McGinn could have got out any quicker. Like the first time cross, really good cross in. And then pff, I have not a clue what Gorgic is doing in the middle. He's with him. And then it's like, I think he just gets sucked up, like bolt. I don't know if he, he goes to someone else, but that player's uh, never got any chance of getting on the ball. If you watch it back, Gogic has got the other player, and for some reason he comes to the double team with uh, Nisbet. Nisbet then stands off, but then Gogic stands off after Nisbet stood off. Yes. So the guy's literally just got a free header. I think Gogic like, just. There's, there's, there's three players there and there's three Hibs players and actually we just don't do a good enough job of communicating who's picking up Aye. who so Nisbet ends up with nobody Gogic ends up with two and doesn't mark either of them and then I think it's Porteous or Hanlon who's a man in front of him so there's just not someone in there saying let's just make sure we know who we've got here boys um, when Gogic moves well, I would, towards the ball Nisbet should tuck in but for me I'm, it's Gogic Gogic has him Gogic is touch tight he's got a hold of him in the box he doesn't need to move ahead, I don't think. I think if he just holds his position, I'm not saying. Again, it's a great ball in, so I would have probably backed the striker to win it anyway. But God, it's just, I, I don't, he just gets sucked under the ball. And I don't know if, if it's, an, it's a difficult one. Um, yeah. I, I, one thing I would say, I've seen quite a lot of criticism of Gogic picking up 
that boy Van Bain at set pieces. Um, and I, I, I've seen a lot of folks saying that he shouldn't be on him and it should be someone else on him. And whilst I agree with that to an extent, one thing I'll say about Gorgic is he might not be the biggest, he might only be 5'10 or something, but he does have quite a, he's got a, quite a natural spring in him. If you watch him when he jumps in the air, he jumps a lot higher for a guy that's 5'10 than you would expect. Um, yeah. So I'm like I'm not saying that's who he should be picking up every time, but we also do have a limitation in the number of tall players that we've got on our team. We're not a huge side, um, and I, I think Motherwell will probably have you know one or two more big bodies. Certainly at the back, because mm-hmm. the boy McGabby, every time he was up in the air, and we'll come on to him later, he was about five feet above everybody else. Yeah, I don't have any issue with Gogic being for me. Gogic is probably like you say a third third best header of the ball. Maybe at fourth, maybe Dodge, maybe is probably quite effective at defensive set pieces as well. But uh, and then the two centre halves, um, obviously you've got McGregor and stuff on the bench. But in terms of players that are regular starting, and then I just it's just a confusing one. In fact, let's just talk about the second goal of Motherwell just now as well, and, we'll, and then we'll just focus purely on Hibs after there. The second goal, Gogic gives away a free kick. That whether it's a free kick or not, it, he doesn't need to do it, Harry. You don't you don't think it is a free I, kick? Do you? I just I'm... Like the thing is for me, there's obviously contact, but he doesn't put any force into it. He's literally it's like brushing him, and the guys went down very, very quickly. I just find it ironic that that Alexander after the game was saying that Hibs were buying contact oh, all the time. Because for for me, like if the referee sees it, he's given it. But it's it's his, I, I don't think I don't think it's a dive because there's contact, but I don't think it's anywhere near a free kick. If you give a free kick for that, you're actually giving a free kick every time there's a shoulder badge, in my opinion. Yeah. And just, while you're talking about Alex, I don't mind managers having opinions on the game and referencing things that maybe went against them if they reference things that have went for them. Uh, that fullback that we were just talking about uh, should have got a second gel on gave away a penalty on Kyle McGuinness. So he would have played, what, 60 minutes with 10 men going in at half-time 2-2. Two, two. He then, he'd already been booked for the foul on Boyle when Boyle and him raised their hands to each other in the middle of the park, I'm not saying it should have been yellow cards, but it could have been. You know what I mean? Like it very, and he, I think he gave away four or five fouls again in the, the rest of the second, eh, first half in the second half. And they were just slicing us down any chance. They, anytime we were getting right. fluid passing movement going, they just tried to wipe us out. It didn't matter whether we were inside their own half or at the edge of their box, the treatment was the same. Like they just wanted to stop us playing, and that's fine. Like that, like that, that, that is fine. But I don't then come on to fucking press conference after to make it. It was basically uh, I didn't. I've not even bothered listening to his one with Sky. I've listened to what he said on Sports Sound. Um, it was the same. On Sports Sound, he was, was basically making out. Uh, it was Hibs were diving. Hibs were initiating contact. Hibs were this. Hibs were that. Fuck off, mate. And do you know what? See if Hibs were doing it it's about fucking time. Every cunt else right. in the league does it. I just want to quickly speak on Alexander because there was a few things that miffed me about what he said but I think uh, when we were speaking on whatever night it was Thursday night last week when we did the preview for this game I was talking about how limited the Motherwell midfield he is and actually I think I was right but I think I also somehow underestimated just how limited they were because <laughs> literally <laughs> all the Motherwell midfield three were in there to do was just stop counter-attacks and just make cheap fouls and 
the thing the, the thing about the referee performance yesterday, I think he got quite a few things wrong. But one of the things he got wrong with me uh, yesterday is he didn't seem to pick up on persistent fouling. I don't know how many fouls no. Maguire and Slattery had in the first half, where it was a shirt pull, it was an ugly wee foul in there, and it was all just aimed at the same thing: stopping Hibbs getting the ball and counter attacking them. And they clearly had that instruction. And then he took Slattery off, and he brought another boy on who did exactly the same thing. Um, so anyway, that was all I'd say on Alexander. Other than I think the fact that I think his comments were. But essentially, an effort at kind of pulling the wool over his own fans' eyes by saying he, he felt like they deserved three points for the game. I mean, pff, don't know what game he was watching the second half, but they got absolutely battered. I mean, even when we went three two, we we still looked like far more likely team to score when we were three two up. Yeah. So, yeah, delusional. I uh, w- uh, the fi- just finishing on the ref slash Alexander. The ref got things wrong against Motherwell as well. John, how no, how did John Neal played ninety minutes without getting booked is beyond <laughs> me. Like that, and I don't know if it was both. I can remember two of John Neal's situations. I'm sure there was another one where me and Harry and uh, our mate were just looking at each other like, "How the fuck have we got away without getting a book in there?" Like it was just be- like how, but I, that, I, Lewis Stevenson as well. Mind they were yeah, yeah. they were currently attacking and Lewis Stevenson about rugby tackled the boy but failed to get him done and the guy kept on running and the referee forgot to book him afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah. And then who was it in the actually in the first half down on the left wing way back in their half where someone tried to clean someone out. That was Joe again. That was Joe. Was again. that was that was that Joe Neil? And then the ref he got away and then they pulled it back and didn't even book no and there was an absolute slice and take someone a Hibs player took an absolute hammering in the second half but the ref played on because I mind turning around to you Harry and being like well it's been a couple of minutes now I was like has the ball been out of play yet and it's like it's like the ball goes it doesn't go to play for a couple of minutes and it's like they kind of go back and book them like the ref just fucking forgets about it and the game goes on but anyway back to the second goal Gogic loses Mugabe again or loses his man again this time Mugabe so he's obviously marking a centre half as opposed to the striker I disagree point. I don't think he um, lost him I think he was with him I think he just got beat I think Mugabe was very physical and he outstrengthed him and outjumped him I think it was a good ball and Gogic he should, he should get himself a position which he can challenge it better but um, he, he just got bested I, I don't think it was necessarily his terrible like completely lost his man I just think that was a good bit of play from Mugabe more don't than totally agree Totally agree, and I think that is that is where it comes to making sure the right man is picking up the right player again, isn't it? I mean, Megabi is, and I think he only scored twice on Motherwell last season, but I think the number of times I watched Motherwell play, and he wins balls which are flick-ons or knockdowns for someone else, and there he is a he's a real presence because he can jump as well as being quite big to start with. Um, I mean, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't deal with that threat. Did he not knock the ball wide for the ball to get crossed in? Was it not him they were aiming at? No, yes. it was that Van Beek because he fucking shoved oh, Hanlon in the back. I was, what, I was, I was, and, oh, I was going off my fucking dinger, man. I don't know how the ref never seen it. Um, Hanlon was just like, was up. It was, and then the boy just went, boop. And uh, uh, fucking nippy. Anyway, um, at the game, I was convinced Matt Macy had to be better than the cross. And then I seen the goal back on a highlight and I held my hands up and felt like a right dick because I was giving him fucking belters. <laughs> um, but the... I thought it was a real good ball in. Uh, it's never, as much as it finishes, what, just inside the six-yard box at the back post, there's never a chance for the keeper to get out and get it. Like, you know what I mean? It, the closest it gets to the goal is at the point it's headed, like, which is a very, very good ball in. I think Gogic can do better. I think he's, I think Gogic is ever in a position to challenge for it. 
I don't know if he's got his body the wrong way or that. He just he's never again a lot of it comes down to the ball the ball in because obviously the Motherwell players got the momentum, you know what I mean? Like he, they're they're going towards their goal. Gogger's just trying to twist his body because he's gonna to want to try and clear it and that I just, it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't look great, and especially on the back of the first goal as well, where you would probably pin the majority of the blame on them. How did you? Um, but anyway, so two two set plays aside, we'll we'll come back to maybe do we need more strength and depth at the back? But Hibs, we played ninety minutes of pretty good stuff. Probably the first time that we really cut Motherwell open was probably for the equaliser. Would you say worked the ball really nice on the left side and really pulled Motherwell in, and Paul McGinn had what. Half the Rooney fucking Lanarkshire on the right hand side to get the ball in. Um, were you impressed with us on the ball, Harry? Um, yeah, no, I, I, as I say, I think we took a wee while to get going. I think as soon as we conceded the first goal, I think we completely took the game to them. I thought we looked very comfortable. Um, as, as Liam touched on earlier, I think the runs in behind, particularly for me from McGuinness. I'd love to see McGuinness and uh, Alan play together because he makes the exact type of runs that I think Alan would love to find. Um, it's taking a Champions League comparison where we'll be next season, of course. Um, Kai Havertz in the Champions League final. Um, it kind of reminded me of that, just the way that he kind of goes into the gaps that the defenders aren't really concentrating on. Um, but yeah, uh, but for, for the goal, I, I thought lovely, lovely bit of football. Um, started off, I think Murphy won the ball back on the left wing and about three passes later. I, I initially thought that Nisbet overhit the ball, but um, watching it on replays, hit it perfectly and then um, McGinn's put it right in the danger area, exactly where it needs to go. Could you say we got a bit lucky on the deflection? Maybe. A hundred percent, but mate, you're I, on luck. But this is what Liam said earlier, and I'll let maybe let Liam talk about it, but can, I say you make your own luck, but you do. We had four players in the box for McGinn to hit there. Mm. If you, I think I think even probably last season and definitely in years gone by, we don't get numbers into the box, and we've spoken the podcast throughout the summer about uh, if you're playing up front, people need to get in and like one up front is defined by your wingers, the, like the sort of three players behind. McGinn was putting the ball in the box. Nisbet, Murphy, uh, McGinnis, and Boyle were all in the box for them to hit. They were they were all there. Whether they're arriving late or not, and that meant that when Murphy did squaff it in at land, McGinnis is there, what, six yards out, does well to find the ball corner. Um, Liam, obviously you highlighted that. Were you impressed just by, like you said earlier, the, the attacking nature of the performance, maybe, I guess? Aye, there was definitely a desire from like multiple players to get in and around the box, and we highlighted like ages ago, like into last season, about how we needed more goals from midfield, and I actually saw the appetite from some of our midfielders to score goals. If Kyle McGinnis keeps getting in the positions that he was getting in and making the runs he was making on Sunday, he will score a lot of goals for this team this season. I I, I really think that he picks up positions that. We just haven't had someone running into there before. And when we have had, it's maybe been someone like Jackson Irvin, who, you know, as nice a guy as he was, he wasn't the, maybe the most accomplished or composed of finishers at times. Um, yeah. I think McGinnis, for me, looks like a more natural goal scorer. If he's got the licence to get into those positions, he will score goals for this season. But also, I mean, even, we'll come on and talk about, I mean, give praise so many players' performances, but Paul McGinn got a bit of a hard time, I think, in the first half for his performance and things he did, but never stopped wanting the ball, never stopped making that run down the outside channel, and when Boyle was drifting inside, Paul McGinn kept on offering options down the right-hand down the right side, and quite often we did have to knock it wide to put a ball into the box, because Motherwell defended really narrow at times yesterday, particularly in the second half, they had maybe six or seven guys in and around the box, 
but we still had the desire to put players in there. And I love to see that, Pibs, on, on Sunday because I yeah. there was too many times last season where we were putting balls in the box and there's one or two guys in there that gets knocked back out and then we try again. No, let's go for it. And, and and we got a reward, actually, I think, for that in the end, which, yeah, let's fuck yeah. it. Let's just go and talk about it now. Let's just go and talk about it. Yeah, I, I, felt, I felt like... Uh, I think Stevenson done the exact same as, as McGinn all game as well. I felt... Um, and we said at the game, Harry, like, felt like Murphy and Boyle, especially in the first half, played really narrow. And I think that's probably a byproduct of them probably getting told to get into the box. And I think we showed quite a lot of confidence in keeping McGinn and uh, Stevenson. I felt like they were quite high up the pitch as well. And there was a couple of times Macy maybe could have hit them when he had the ball at his feet. They were sort of three in and around the halfway line. Uh, it really impressed me. The... Well, like you say, when Kelm again, it's probably would have two goals if it wasn't for GBH in the box. Yeah, I 100%. <laughs> like, I don't, under, I, don't understand, I don't understand what the referee's seen in at all, or not seen. Like, it's stonewall. We're a long way away from it. There's a long way away from it. And I know they shouldn't be everything, and it should be about the referees getting the decision, but the appeals to me looked very weak. So McGinnis kind of rolls around on the floor and puts a hand up and goes like that, and I didn't see anyone else appealing for it. Um, I but having said that, it was a long way away. The appeal, the appeal, the appeals looked weak to me. But having said that, you shouldn't rely on appeals. You know, the penalty should just have been given for for for, for the foul itself because the, the the movement of the ball only changes when McGinnis gets pushed to the right. ground. Uh, at no point does Carroll make any contact. I think the linesman's on that side. Yes, yep. as well. Yes, yes, linesman's yep. got ten yards. Uh, so you know, I'm, what are you guys fucking doing? By the way. I mean, when have you ever seen a linesman come in and make a decision on behalf of the referee, assistant referee, sorry, uh, come in and make a decision on behalf of the referee and for it to be the right decision? When have you ever seen that in a game? I know. I know. It is mad. It is mad. I don't... What I don't get is... That's not what I don't get, but I'm... No, you see referees sometimes. You see the, the foul take place and then they sort of take a position at the edge of the box then point to the spot. Like it feels like they take a couple of seconds and then and then eventually point. I think I felt like that's what was happening. I thought about well, that's clear as day that it's going to take a couple of seconds, give the penalty. For me, if Jake Carroll had not already been booked, that was a penalty. And the ref, I genuinely the ref shot a bit, and no wanted to send them off. I'd, I'd, because it wouldn't have been a straight head, it would have been a second booking. And by the letter of the law, it would have been a booking because it wouldn't have been denying the score, goal scoring opportunity because you would have got the penalty and the double jeopardy. I genuinely think if that was anyone else, if it, someone hadn't, if he hadn't been booked already, I think he'd have given that. I genuinely think he shot the bed. Harry, um, moving into the second half, we came out with a real purpose. I thought we, we looked really good, obviously, being 2 1 down and then made a change really quickly to sort of flat 4 4 2 and brought Christian Dodge on for Alex Gogic. Um, were you impressed with Jack Ross's changes? Yeah, no, I think he got them both spot on. Um, I did say last year I don't like reactionary changes, but I think it was actually proactive because he set them out the same way to start the second half. Um, I think the way that we were playing, we did seem to like a long ball up to Nisbet for the majority of the game. That's tended to be what would happen if Macy wasn't fancying the fullbacks. And I just think that Doyle just so much better at getting the ball down. Um, there's no point pumping it up to Nisbet if he's not got anybody to knock it onto. Um, I'm a massive fan of Nisbet and Dodge up top together I think it works really well and I think that's when we look our most threatening going forward um, and then Jake Doyle-Hayes I don't think many of us would have made that sub but he came on and he was lights out absolutely lights out um, and I was 
Uh, I'm glad that Campbell got on and got a wee cameo performance, but I was I was crapping myself for me. I was like, please don't let him let make a mistake and let them score from it, please. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought Jack Ross hats off to him. I think um, the, the only thing for me starting the game with the way that we were playing, I think it would have made a lot more sense to have Mackay out wide and um, yeah, just just with the, how direct we were playing, I think that we looked very threatening on the break. Um, so I would have had Mackay over Murphy just with the way that the game was going, but. Yeah, I, I think apart from that, he got his ball. Mm. Then we'll, we'll come on to talk about Jake Doyle, Hayes and Campbell, Murphy, Mackay, etc. We'll talk about the midfield specifically uh, sort of after we've finished with the game. Um, Liam, what, what impressed you the most in the second half? Just this, For me, it was a sense of purpose straight from the, full, uh, the whistle. I thought we'd... First two minutes into the half, I felt like we would win the game. Aye, it was a really dominant second half performance. Um I think the um I think the incisiveness of some of our passing was really impressive. Um I think the the energy that we played right from the whistle, I think the time we'd scored to equalise in the fifth fifth minute, I think we'd already created another couple of really good openings. Um yeah. Great I mean, save. I think great save for Jamie Murphy's. That was an unbelievable save for Liam Kelly. It's a very good save for Liam Kelly. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, wow. Even some of the because we were playing quite high up. I think I want to give some credit to Lewis Stevenson in particular, actually, because I think we were playing quite high up and there was times when the sort of long ball counter looked on from Motherwell. And Lewis Stevenson just did enough on a number of occasions. There's one time where he did take a touch and the boy stripped yeah. it back off him and had a bit of a half chance. But I think there was probably three or four moments before that where Stevenson just did enough and, and he kept doing that. Um, so I think, you know, you've got to give credit to the guys who are keeping them out at the back as well when everyone's kind of forward. So, um, I there was there was just there was there was lots to like. Can I say one thing that was a wee bit I found a wee bit frustrating? Um, not to put too much of a negative on it. Yeah, don't worry, I um, have a negative thought in my head as well, so don't worry. <laughs> um, something just just a, a slight worry worry war, and again, this might be some of my bias kicking in just as, about him as an individual because I'm, I'm probably not fully on board yet with him, but some of Matt Macy's distribution was. I mean, yeah. Marciano's coming for a fair bit of criticism this time for not being able to kick the ball. And he said, one that went straight out, two or three in the first half, it just missed the man completely. And then when we were 2-1 down and the, 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 the counter-attack was on and it was just a simple throw or a simple kick over the top, he either held on to it for too long and didn't make it or he just... I'm, I'm maybe picking holes in something where there's not as many holes no, as no, there is, but I thought Macy's distribution was, was subpar. Um, you I, think you um, I was I was very I was getting quite frustrated at the lack of tempo yeah. when Macy had the ball. I think that um, and when I think for the first goal when we got the ball forward, it came from us like him getting the ball and giving it straight to Hanlon and then getting it down the wing. Um, I think he there was a couple times as well where the fullbacks literally had about six seconds of airtime and they definitely still would have got the ball safe without a midfielder getting to them. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Macy def- definitely needs to step that up because it was no one. Yeah, I think I think he did look a bit shaky on the ball. I, I, my was just not entirely comfortable, and I would agree that at Rafe Rovers as well, he, there was a few where he and maybe this is what's led to he tried Rafe Rovers. He, he tried to ping it to the fullbacks a lot, and he didn't always find his man. By always, I'm probably being generous, saying it was maybe 50-50. Like, and, but I think as well for 
I don't know if you know he's six foot seven, but I think it's going to take time. He's not been a regular goalkeeper playing every week, but if we're going to, I think there's, I see that there seems to be a real pattern that we do want to try and play the ball in the deck as much as possible this season. I know we have went long where where we've needed to, but there's plenty of short goal kicks and stuff. Yes, I think it's just going to take time for Macy to get comfortable with it. Um, and to I give hope- it some balance, and to give it some balance, there was a couple of crosses he came for one at two two and one at three two. Where from where I was sitting, I was like, ooh, and he came, he took them confidently. So actually, you know, we're not going to sign a perfect goalkeeper at Hibs. Like we need to accept we're going to sign a goalkeeper with some element of flaws. He's a big lad. Maybe kicking's not going to be as, as, as forte necessarily, um, but coming for crosses might be. And I think that helps to really, if you're a goalkeeper that's confident coming taking crosses when you're getting bombs into the box at V2, that takes a hell of a lot of pressure off the centre half. Yeah. Maybe the thing that he needs to work on most of all is actually just the timing and the releasing of the ball at the right time. But yeah, I felt like you go. I felt like just going back to the distribution, what you're saying there, there was maybe one or two um, situations in the first half. I felt where, yeah, just one or two seconds quicker and maybe would have shot themselves. It felt like a lot of the time the Motherwell striker got quite close to him before they hit the ball. And obviously that's never good for the ticker either. What were you going to say? Um, just to end Macy's um, our little dissection of Macy on a positive um, absolute game saving save yeah. I know the boy maybe should have put in a better position but when you're that tall you need to use it and he makes himself massive when he's on one on ones um, and yeah that, that was a really good save because that would have made it 3-3 with only about two minutes to go I think yeah. it was not long left at all, all right. when he saved that um, just before we get on to the waxing full lyrical about the midfield and the sort of forward play in the second half I'm going to speak about probably only negative for me I know he's getting a lot of praise on Twitter today, and I love these full-time antics as much as anyone, but I thought Ryan Fortress was fucking dreadful yesterday. I really, I thought he was terrible. He got absolutely skinned alive by Van... He got pegged at least three times. He just... Honestly, I thought he was really, really bad. But I I felt... I think at times when he's on the ball, he tries to play pass his whips into the mid- midfield and stuff. And I, I, again, the, the right things, but sometimes they're whipped in, they're bouncing all the other place and that. But that, that Van Dijk had them on toast. And if it wasn't for Paul Hanlon's last tackle at the end of the first half, like he got pegged and the boy was through. Like I just, I did not think Ryan Portress was good at all yesterday. And if he hadn't wound up the Motherwell fans at the end of the day, then like people would be like, he's, Oh, if he could be our best player. It was the worst player in the park for me yesterday. Genuinely, like I, I didn't even think Gogic had that bad of the game as a midfielder. Obviously, he made two. I would say he cost us both goals with his marking, but as a central midfielder, I thought he'd done okay. But as a centre half yesterday, I thought that Portis was really poor. I thought Van Beek had him in his back pocket. I think he's just so rash. Um, the the amount of times he'll think I'll tackle him, he'll just go straight in. There'll not be a second thought about it, because um, and even in the second half, I think the booking was a massive save for us. I don't think if he didn't get booked, I think that he could have potentially made another clanger, and then they could have scored from it. But that, um, that was never a booking, though. By the way, no. Nah, the only reason he got booked is because someone else got booked from Motherwell just before him. Because uh, like, did he not jump up and the guy like bounced off him, and then the referee fucked yeah. He won a clean header and made contact with the player afterwards. <clears throat> I probably disagree. So I don't think he had a, a, a poor game at all. I, I, I thought I, I thought he had a, a pretty average game. I think Van Dien had given him quite a hard time. Um, I think he targeted Portress as well. I think he rolled on to Portress more than he did Hammond. Um, 
I can't say there was too many moments that he gave me that he really that he really worried me. Maybe maybe, maybe I just had more faith in his it, time on the ball. I thought he was fine. It wasn't anything. It wasn't anything that cost us. It was just mm. I like what Harry. I just I feel sometimes. Now I'm not going to say all the time because it's not all the time, but I feel like it happens a lot of times in games. It's like at the last minute he decides to dive in and he's never mm. set to. He's never set, and I think. If, if, I don't know if there's a start out there for this. I think he gets beat one on one a lot, like a lot. I, he, he very rarely stands in position and jockeys. He always tries to win the ball, and I like that. I like because mm. if you win the ball, then it, if you win that ball, it's like he's trying to be on the front foot before he's even got the ball. Like win the ball back, let's get going again. But I think a lot of time that can be his undoing, and I think at times it looks bad. Like there was a time, a point in the second half as well, sort of in the sort of right back position, um, he got done, and Paul McGinn covered for him. I think Paul McGinn, it was just after the booking, I think as well, and then Paul McGinn got in behind. I just, it, it, it's just raw, it's rash, and it, it doesn't look great. And I just, I mean, I was gonna say it's not, it's never great when their striker gets man in match, but that was just a fucking myth anyway. Like I don't know how Kyle McGinn has never got that. Um, it just that was that, that was the one thing for me, and just, I just. I, it just it worried me a wee bit yesterday. It really did. It just it, I don't know. I just I, it didn't. That was the one thing in the game that I just wasn't all that impressed with. Anyway, midfielders. You said Alex Gorgich wasn't wasn't great. Done okay as a as a midfielder. Kyle McGinnis played as number ten. Uh, Joe Neal probably had a quiet first half. Harry, I think you I made a stink, comment. I thought he was stinking um, first half. Every time he got the ball, he gave it away. I think because he's Joe Newell, he had such a good season last season, people didn't pick up on it. But if Gogic gave the ball away and gave those goals away like he did yesterday, people would have buried him. Um, but in fairness, he shut me up because I thought Joe Newell looked very good in the second half. half. So, um, Jake yeah, Doyle Hayes came off the bench, looked very, very good for instrumental on in the third goal. Two I, passes. The two, first one into Dodge. Yeah, and the, the, the passing behind the fullback, oh. which is just a pass that you just love to see because you know it can't be defended unless the centre yeah, so half smart enough to come across and 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 he's and on to it and he's read it. That can't be defended. There was two really good passes in the build up to that goal, and I just he immediately came on, and he just kind of yeah. gave me gave me that feeling of assuredness in midfield. Like you yes, know, he 100%. wants the ball and he's got the ball. He's confident on it, and he's probably not going to play twenty five yard worldies. You know, inbound the defence. He's not going to be that kind of player, but what he will do is he'll help us retain possession. <clears> and he'll make smart passes and he'll use the ball well. Um, he's the player that I was hoping we were going to sign for St. Mirren. And I think he, on really, really small sample size, really small sample yeah. size, but I think he will be very hard to keep out of the team this season. I am. Um... I was just going to say, um, I liked the way that he was very forceful when wanting the ball. You could see it. He was very animated when shouting for it as well. Um, when we were talking about that Santa Coloma team, they had one guy that wanted the ball and was demanding it off everybody. Like Jake Doyle Hayes seemed like he would have ran to left back to get the ball off Stevenson if he wanted it. Like it was just nice seeing a guy that infused and wanting to get in the action. I am. Um, I was really impressed with. Obviously, like we said, he played two really good passes in the build-up to the third goal, but I felt like any time he got the ball, it was really decisive in his passing. And positive, like you're saying, Liam, I don't think he's ever going to zing you. He's not going to play the, that pass that Scott Allen played at Ibrox. I, I, you know what I, mean? I don't think he's going to do that. But 
there was a few times he got the ball we were maybe sort of five to ten yards inside our half and he's got it straight out to Boyle quickly straight to Boyle's feet and it's meant Boyle's had a chance to get the defender one-on-one I think sometimes in the past even I think Joe Newell can now and again be guilty of it and I felt um, I think even Kyle McGinnis against Santa Coloma done it once or twice as well sometimes we're too keen to go to Paul McGinn first and then it goes to Paul McGinn to Martin Boyle and by the time we've went centre mid right back right winger they've shuffled two over and Boyle's not getting the chance to go at someone one-on-one. When Jake Doyle Hayes came on yesterday, I think that's when Martin Boyle got really, really good late in the second half. I think he's done really well at the end of the first half. really started where he runs where he just comes into the middle of the park and you're like, eventually you're just going to get... You see Martin Boyle when he cuts inside in the ball, he doesn't know he's going to get smashed there. Like, you see him go past one player and right now it's coming and it happens, what, three, four times a game? And then it gets called a diver. But anyway, back to Jake Doyle Hayes in the rest of the midfielders. Liam, what Jenks our strongest midfield? Three Scott Allen have even got on the pitch yesterday. Why are you asking me questions like that? Sorry, <laughs> I, I can't fucking answer that. Um, I, don't, I don't want to give you a cliched answer about different games, different players. I, I, I really don't want to do that, but I, I genuinely think that is the setup. I, I think on the basis of the performances yesterday, so if you were to take all other kind of past history out of it, and you're asking what team you should play on Thursday night, it'd be McGuinness, Doyle, Hayes and Newell. Yeah, I would agree. I was really, I was really, I know it was mentioned, I was really, really impressed with McGuinness in the ten. Everything we done well in the first half went from everything. Yeah. And I one think he's super calm, calm on the ball. Keen to get opinions on. I think for some reason um, Ross has told Kogic to get further forward. I think there was a lot of times yesterday he was chasing back um, when last season he would have been in a position to tackle them head on. I, I think that Gogic, I, I don't know if he's got his head to... Yeah, hey, Alex Gogic did a hold of midfielders a miss. Joe Newell oh. was the deepest guy on midfielders last season. I mm. felt... But I, 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 I don't know if he's been told, but I, I think Gogic it seemed to be further up the pitch than he normally was. He was hitting some screamers in the in the warm ups, though. To be fair, I'm like some of them were absolute raspers. But... Maybe he just maybe he was just fancying a goal. Now, I don't. And again, Gogic has probably got the polar opposite treatment to what Portis has on Twitter the day and last night and stuff. And I think it's been a bit over the top. Just there is going lately. I think there's games for Alex Gogic. You know what I mean? There is going to be games where... You, there might be games where you need to play Gogic and Jake Doyle Hayes, the two more, I would say, defensively-minded players. I would say that probably Newell's... I don't know, actually. Jake Doyle Hayes did impress me yesterday. If you had asked me before the game yesterday, was Jake Doyle Hayes more defensive-minded than Newell? I'd probably hazard a guess at yes, but after the game, I'm not so sure. Really, it's a small sample size, but I'm really, really impressed with our midfield options, and I think... This is this week's a prime option, and maybe this will be a good time to move into the next two games. We've got a game on Thursday night. We've got a league game on Sunday. I think we could prob could we name two separate sort of threes in the middle there? Could we just about no? no. Or would one play one player have to play? No, we're not. We're not. We're not. Nah, we're not. We're like we're we're not. We're not in position to be rotating our midfield three. No, but... but we've not we've not created relationships in there or a team that's good enough yet to be rotating our midfield three for one. But I just, I just mean on I just mean on paper though, in terms of like you could easily, well, say the three you mentioned there that uh, finished the game, uh, or mm. that you you would have this McGinnis and Jake Doyle Hayes say they played on on Thursday night, and well, would you be that worried if we lined up with say Joe Newell, Gorgich, and Scott Allen against Ross County, like? No, no, I mean like changing two of them. I, I think I think it's a good 
I think it's a good position to be in. I wouldn't want us to change all three, yeah. but I think we could. Josh Campbell impressed me again on on when he came off the bench. Uh, yeah, he was yesterday. good yesterday. So I, I think we've got some real, real good options in the middle of the park. And I think like we spoke about it last week when we were talking about like most books book players and stuff. I think there's going to be some real rotation throughout the season in the middle of the park because I think we've got good options. It's in how like it's got. Are we going to have Scott Allen on the bench all season? Are we going to have Jake Bell Hayes on the bench all season? Joe Newell, Gogic, like. I think we've got plenty of options in the middle of the park. I, I was, I'm really happy with our midfield options, I have to say. Um, Harry, Jamie Murphy, is he, do you think he's going to be the starting left winger or Dan McKay? Uh, well, I'll, I'll jump on Liam's bandwagon, different games. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he's actually played quite well. I think that... Um, we just expect him now to skin people because he just does it that often. But the amount of times he'll pick up the ball and he'll get us so far advanced up the pitch just by take like it's. I've never seen anything like it though because he literally just walks past players. There's no speed to it at all. It's just all skill. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I think if we manage to keep him fit, I think he'll have a really positive impact this season. Um, I would have liked to see Mackay play. I, I wouldn't be surprised as well if it was like, uh, would you? What's it called? Murphy plays at home and Mackay plays away. Because um, I think that away from home will benefit from pace a lot more. But I, I, I believe in Jack Ross, you know. Whatever he wants to do, I'm backing. I'm, I'm like, Jack Ross, you're the one. You're the one. I, I have to, it was a really, really enjoyable game, wasn't it? I thought, I know we've seen some real good stuff. And, that, and now it's like, did we play this stuff last year? But just because we were on the telly, we never appreciated it. Because we've seen, <laughs> and because like, no, when you're at the game, you can't really tell what, especially when you're behind the goals at, at like Far Park. Say we give the ball away at the other half, you don't really care what happens. But when you've got this the camera up in the main stand, you see every fucking misplaced pass in that. But um, Liam, I guess the one last question is: Christian Doyle came off the bench, scored with his first touch. Um, how do we get all the midfield options, all the winger options, and Christian Doyle and Kevin Nisbet in their team? You don't. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I kind of, I do agree with what Harry was saying earlier on about. I think we look at our best or look at our most dangerous potentially when we've got Nisbet and Dodge on both starting the game. But if I'm being honest, I think it's very unlikely that we'll see both of them starting on Thursday. I think it's probably quite unlikely we'll see both of them yeah. starting on Sunday with the way things are shaping up. Um, it might be that they come off the bench a little bit. Um, the only way in which I could see that happen is if he actually plays Nisbet in kind of a slightly more kind of withdrawn position I think he's fucking really good at playing in the 10 as well because some of the spaces he was picking up yesterday without even trying I was like God he's a you you appreciate players like him more when you see them in the flesh because you watch their movement you see the things that he does to to find pockets of space you know you're you're able to appreciate some of the subtleties of the game a wee bit more Um, so I, th- I think I think in all honesty, I think that four three three or four three three one, whatever you want to call it, I think I think I think that is going to be how we go into the next few games, which I think does mean that Nisbet will start. I think Dodge will come off the bench. Um, there's obviously I think more debate in the wide positions and in the midfield as to who we start. I think do I think Jamie Murphy will play start both the Ross County and Rieka games? No. Um, who that means comes in, I think, is up for debate because I don't think that Dan McKay is necessarily nailed on to play there because no, I think no. Josh Campbell came on the left-hand side in midfield did, yeah. favours no, uh, did himself no harm at all. Um, and, you know, you've still got Jamie Gullen and Dre Wright who weren't even stripped yesterday who, you know, I think certainly Jamie Gullen, I would like to, I'm hoping, would, would 
have not seen last of him in the Hibshot because I still think there's a player there. I, I, I want him to get a chance, but he does feel like he's quite a long way down the pecking order just now because we do have so many options. Yeah, like you say, I would, I would imagine Drew Wright's in front of him in the pecking order for, for, for the wide midfield buff anyway, which is where I think that Ross sees Jamie gone. I think I'm basing that purely off of the fact that he came on and went left wing against Arsenal and Dad McKay went up suddenly. That's, that's the entire basis of my argument. Um, but, well, to be fair, he did play even in the League Cup games last season, right, in the group stages. He sort of played I, on the left then as well, didn't he's, he? He's, he's not. He's, he, I don't think he's ever really been a centre forward. I mean, I, 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 I didn't go to many development games, but the couple that I did manage to get to, um, you're going back a few seasons now. He was kind of playing almost in a bit of a sort of free role where he was going left, he was going right, and he was he was his, most of his best work was done in the channels, um, rather than through the middle. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what the future holds with Jamie Gullen. I'm conscious that there is still four weeks between now and the end of the window. Right. So there could be a lot of movement between now and then. We could see a lot of players going in and out and actually the squad might look very different. Yeah. So one one moving into the the Rayaka and the Ross County games, one player we can be pretty certain of that isn't going to feature, didn't feature the weekend. Josh Doig. Where where do we land on where do we land on the Josh Doig um sort of saga? Not, not saga is that's the wrong word, but um if we get four or five million for a player that's played one season, nineteen years old, good sell-on clause, I'd be pretty happy with that. I think. Um, I th- as I say, I don't think it's his actual valuation. I think he's like his value is a lot higher than that. And if he was going for four million, um, I'd be very disappointed if there wasn't a massive sell-on. I think that four millions an absolute pittance in comparison to what he put on display last year. Um, if it's five million, then I, I can't really can't really moan, um, to be honest. But yeah, that, that's that's my two cents. It needs to be at least bloody five million for it to be acceptable. I think the the money the money is really important, and and we should never lose sight of the the money and, and what that can do for the club. But actually, there's just a big part of me that wants it to be the right move for him. Um, I'm conscious that when a lot of young guys go down south and go and play the championship, premiership, um, you know, they get kind of bummed in an under-23 side and, you know, are never to be heard of again. And I just really don't want that to happen for him because I think he seems like a really, seems like a really good lad. Um, you know, he's taken like a duck to water uh, to Scottish Premiership football and <laughs> I just I, I just I don't know fucking cliche um, I, I just really want it to be the right move and I know some of the chat and you know I, I'm never going to pretend to be ITK whatsoever but you know some of the chat about him going to Burnley I think might not be as um, uh, iron cast as some people think it might be um, and I think you know the idea of him going signing for Burnley and then being put out in to Notts Forest just like immediately screams to me, like that doesn't sound like a good move on the face of it. Um, you know, surely the better thing for his development would be if a Premiership club's going to sign him and not play him. Even at Hibs, where he is, he's developing. He's developing every single game. We saw the improvement in him from the first game last season to yeah, um, maybe not the last game. We'll talk about the last game of last season, <laughs> but you know, first games this season, the development in him. He's come on strides. Um, and I think the thing, what Harry's saying about his value, I think is absolutely bang on the money because how many 19-year-olds do you see who are that physically developed already at that age? He's, he's a man already. So what he's got to focus on now is the technical and mental aspects of the game. He doesn't need to worry about 
putting in hours in the gym. And you know, you need he still needs to do stuff to keep keep you know keep things topped up and keep things moving on. But he's just got to focus on becoming a better football player, not just becoming a better athlete. Whereas you look at some other young guys that have come through the Hibs Academy, and how many times have we said the boy needs to get to the gym, the boy needs to bulk up, he needs to do this, he needs to do that. He's not there yet. So I think the thing with Doig is I think he's I don't think he's ready made to go into a Premier League side, but I don't think he's a million miles away. He's not as far away as some people think. Um, so I'll just summarise all that waffle saying I really hope that he signs for a club that look after him. I had seen some chat today about Southampton and I think that would be a move that would tick the boxes, I would say. I feel like they do give youngsters a chance. They And correct me if I'm wrong, this might be wrong, but Ryan Bertrand's a left-back, isn't he? And he's just left in the summer. And they tried to sign a left-back for someone as well and... And he tried to get someone into Man United, I think, and the money wasn't right. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if he went there. It'd be a, I can't make my mind up if I'm going on loan to the Championship from a Premiership would be a good move. Only if it was like a... Uh, I, the only thing is it'd be too stupid they wouldn't give him a game, but I wouldn't want him unless he was competing for the playoffs. Fighting relegation in Championships got... Like, for me, competing for Champions League potentially with Hibs this season... Whilst getting European experience is level. Well, you shut up about that. <laughs> like mid-table <laughs> or um, fighting relegation in the championship. Yeah, I agree with it. And the thing is, well, I've watched enough championship games that maybe, like you say, that Arne was top end and it's utter dog shite. It's just, Stephen Fletcher still plays in the championship. He must be about 35 and he's the only strength in his game now is heading. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, that, like that's the, like, that's what a lot of the games down south end up in the lower ends of the championship. Just absolute hoofball. Like Neil Warnock's seen as the messiah in that league. Come on, Tay Fuck. Can, like, can, I don't... Can, I, can I just say on the Southampton link? So they've just today signed a right back from Chelsea, uh, Tino Livramento or something his name is. Oh, yeah. um, 20 something years of age. Uh, his career highlights are 24 appearances in the under 23s league in England, which if anyone's ever Followed or watched it. It's a complete friend league. Twenty. He's in his twenties. Um, they paid five million pound for him from Chelsea. Never played. Never played for the first team. Never even got a sniff of playing near the first team. So you know, you talk about values and how players are kind of perceived. Talking about a guy who's never played a game of first team football, going five million pounds from Josh Dyke, age of nineteen, has got thirty odd appearances under his belt. Game down there's just warped. English tax as well, and it definitely seen that with Ben White. But uh, it'll be interesting to see where Josh Doig ends up. I think I think the club done the right thing by sort of taking him out of the spotlight. Um, I didn't get the impression that he's been difficult. I think I got the impression that he's 19 years old and probably hasn't got a clue what the fuck's going on from what sort of Jack Ross said, you know what I mean? Like, I'd imagine it would be a difficult time. Like, I'm going to lie, if someone came in for me at my work and offered me like 10 grand a year, man, I'd be like, fuck, what a day. So I can only imagine me, these agents probably telling them figures left, right and centre and loads of chat going on. But anyway, so we know that Lewis Stevenson's going to play against Ray Um Ray started their league season as well. They're three games in, uh, four points. So one, one, drawn one. And lost one, they drew 3-3 three, three with Dinamo Zagreb on, uh, at the weekend. So, just a shite Hibs, really, we won 3-2. Um, what are you expecting team-wise, Harry, from us? Um, I wouldn't expect it to be too dissimilar. Um, I don't know if I agree with it, but I, I would expect them to... Jack Law seems to like to play the same starting eleven for long periods of time. Um, 
and I, I wouldn't I'd be surprised if there was more than two changes. Um, potentially see Scott Allen come back, but that would probably mean McGinnis drops out. So after his performance at the weekend, I definitely don't think that happens. Um, I've not done any due diligence. Due, due diligence. I can't. I'm, I'm sorry. I've, I've not done any research on a breaker, <laughs> but um, like, I'm sure Superb. that the scouting team have. So. They'll, they'll assess whether it's Murphy or uh, Mackay that goes in and potentially even Doidge up top might work if they're wanting to play a more direct game. But, yeah, no, I'd, 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 I would expect it to be quite similar to the team that started the game against Motherwell. You, you opened up your, your, uh, your statement there by saying you think but not necessarily what you want. What would you like to see? As, as much as I love him, um, I'd, I'd drop Gogic. Um, I'd, I want if we're in Europe, I want to see us have fun. I'd, I'd rather get beat 5-4 than um, get beat 1-0 home and away. Um, so I'd, I'd rather have three relatively creative minds in the midfield. This guy hangs up with Hoof Merchant, so let's shut him up, that manager on them. Uh, so let's shut him up and let's play football at them. If we need to in the second half, bring Doi John and then go at it. But Because there's no away rule, is there? No, no, no away rule. Without the away rule, go, absolutely go for it if we can see two cares. If we can see score two, that's it. That's got to be the mentality. No, you've seen that we can. You've seen that we can. We can score goals and concede them. So your uh, your request might come. Through, your wish might come through. Uh, you um, just you both in the ballot for first for Thursday night. We'll find uh, out tomorrow. Is it? Um, Liam, what what do you expect to see on uh, uh, on Thursday night from Hibs? And have you done any research into the Acre? Uh, my research is slightly different to you, though, because they're top of the league. They've won two and drawn one. Right, um, life, score told me, life score was telling me lies, but I'll believe life you. Scores, life scores are damn. Um, <laughs> oh, no, wait. I, no, 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 no. Life score's right. It's just, it's highlighted Reka and Dinamo Zagreb, but it's Dinamo Zagreb that have done four points. Sorry, yeah, they're uh, two wins, two wins and, a, and a draw. They'll be a good team. Like they will be, they'll be a good team. Um, you look at the, the other players, you look at their record in Europe. They'll be a good team. They're not. It's not an insurmountable challenge. We're not talking about David versus Goliath here, but they'll be a good team. They'll be technically very decent. They'll have, you know, we know what creation football is like. We've seen enough of that in recent times. They produce players that are probably technically more gifted than ours. And the question is, do we have that little bit of extra athleticism, that little bit of extra determination that just gets us through this? Um, the guy Darmich up front is a goal scorer. We talked to him last week. Um, we'll need to watch out for him um, but I would say he's not going to be the kind of guy that comes and is like an Erling Haaland you know, he's not going to force people he's not going to run in behind he's going to want it short um, and we just have to be be smart about the positions that he picks up uh, but we're at home so we should we should you know we should feel confident at home hopefully with a reasonable size crowd Edinburgh Council Um all eyes on you now to see what you do in terms of that. But I think I think there is every possibility we get through this tie. I would agree. Uh, uh, so they've the game at the weekend when they drew three three was the first goal they conceded uh, yeah. all season. They 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 beat that um, a team three 0 on aggregate. They won their two league games before that two 0 So they went two 0 two 0 two 0 one 0 three three. So hopefully that leaky defence. Uh, Stays the same for Thursday night. Um, any changes to the eleven for you, Liam? Well, Harry, I take Gogic out. Um, probably for Doyle Hayes. Um, I would take Murphy out, and I'd go with another option down the left. Now, whether that's 
Um, Dan McKay, whether it's Josh Campbell, I don't know, but I'd, I'd take, I'd, I'd take one of them out. Um, we don't have any other option at left back, so it's going to be Lewis Stevenson. You know, Stevenson didn't do anything wrong on Sunday, but I just think in a European game, you're at home and you want to play offensive front foot football. Stevenson doesn't necessarily allow you to do that as well, which is probably why I would take Murphy out because I feel like you do need a bit more athleticism down the left hand side when Lewis Stevenson's your left back. So that, that would probably be the team I would go for. Um, don't want to make any other changes in that that really spring to mind, but I think you've got a fuller bench for European games, haven't you? So you've kind of, although yeah. you can only use maybe three subs, you've got more options on the bench. So um, I think that could help us having more players on the bench at home uh, to bring on because I think there's, there's attacking options there. So I think that's what I think for. So just now you're mentioning the, the bench there, um, it's worth mentioning that don't shite yourself when Craig Sampson's on the bench. You have to name two goalkeepers in the FA competition on the bench. Yeah. When the when when you if I have the bigger, because I don't think this uh, it was the same in the like it's the same in the Euros, like you have to you have to take three players, yeah. uh, three goalkeepers, and they have to be both be in the match day squads, and it was the same because I I was watching a Liverpool game in the Champions League and I was like why the fuck are we naming two goalkeepers on the bench and uh, I looked into it um I don't know if it was just introduced because you got more subs but yeah you have to name two goalkeepers on the bench don't know why. Uh, anyway, Harry, I think that's something else on the Thursday night's game. I, I I think that defensively we should do quite well because I think that we tend to struggle against balls into the box um, and set pieces. And the team, based on what Liam's saying, because I, I take Liam's word for gospel, um, I, I think that that doesn't seem like they're not going to be hammer throwers. They're not going to be similar to Santa Coloma or um, Motherwell, for instance. So I, I think that <laughs> Hamlin and Portis will both have good games. Um even if Porteous is being rash, hopefully it'll scare them off because they're technically gifted and don't like getting booted up and in Scotland. So yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there. See that? Um, see that? See that? We don't. Uh, we're not so good at defending balls into the box. The Jira statistic on Sports Scene yesterday that we didn't concede a headed goal all the last season. Seriously, that's mad stuff. That's mad when you think about it. Like, but we didn't concede a single goal head last season in the league. I, I, it must have been in the league because Johnson killed us with set plays in the Aye. semi-final, yeah. didn't I? I was just basing it off of any clangers, to be fair, so I wasn't actually thinking of the full picture, but just based off like pre-season Aye. so far, I don't think we've done particularly well. That's, that's, that's a very impressive stat. But don't, 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 don't fucking use stats. Stats don't matter. People just judge off their eyes because every Hibs fan's Jose Mourinho. Um, no. <laughs> Including us, I we we're Jose Mourinho with a mic. No, the Hibs <laughs> fans are Jose Mourinho, and we're all Pep Guardiola. <laughs> anyway, um, I know I think I do think it'll be a, a tough game. Um, judging from what their manager said about Scottish football or British football, I kind of make my mind up if that means they're going to try and play football or if it's just an observation that he had. Do you know what I mean? Like when he makes the comments around, like. Oh, it's direct. It's this. It's that. Like there's some aggressiveness and stuff. It's like, does that mean that they don't like to play with such aggressiveness and like they try to pass, 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 or did they launch it and they're just it's an observation? So it'll be interesting. Have you seen your? Have you seen their coach? He looks like a he looks like a Croatian PE teacher. Eh? Just tell them <laughs> what to fucking pipe it. <laughs> I think for me, I would uh, I'd pretty much be in the same ballpark as you guys. I'd like to see. Jake Doyle Hayes coming for Gogic and other than that, that's probably me. 
uh, I'd be okay with Jamie Murphy playing, I think. I know you mentioned the athleticism earlier, but I think what Harry mentioned earlier about Murphy's too, I think Jamie Murphy's all right on a counter. I think, like, he can glide past players. Eh? Like, I think we've seen a... I think he does well in stretched games. I think I know he had a chance yesterday when he tried to oh. get the keeper, but... Can we talk about how dreadful a finish that was? At the time, I was like, I don't mind him trying that because I think it shows he's confident and stuff, but then I'm also like, you didn't execute it well and could he have just taken a touch like, and, and got a better shot away, but... His touch to get out of his feet was brilliant. His touch to get out of his feet, because it, it just kind of bounced up onto him and it kind of came in at like hip height and he brought it down, but the finish was fucking abysmal. I just... I'm never, I'm never that critical of players when they try stuff or don't try to be, and I never try to moan at strikers when they take shots. So like at the time, I felt like hey, you look about a tit, but I don't mind it. Was it nil nil at the point? No, it was um one one. I think one one. Uh, I don't. Maybe I don't. Even I, two one. I didn't. I, I, I can't remember. I didn't think we were losing. I feel like if we were losing, I'd have been. He would not have got as much benefit without. I, I, I reckon <laughs> it's got um, But no, yeah, I think yeah, Jake Doyle Hayes did impress me. I would, I would get him in for a start, even if it in. even even if it is six. You know what I mean? I don't know. He need he'll need minutes. You know what I mean? He's only played against Santa Cruz and Malaga as well. But then maybe is it better as Jake Doyle Hayes maybe a bit more suited to a game where maybe Ross County we expect to be on the ball a lot more. Uh, maybe Jake Doyle he's could play 90 minutes against Ross County who knows um, score prediction for Thursday night and then we'll get on to talking about Ross County because fingers crossed we're all at the game on Thursday so probably won't have time to record an episode between Thursday and Sunday uh, I'll Either go obvious. first because Liam doesn't seem to be wanting to go first um, I'll go for a cheeky wee 3-2 Hibs 3-2 Hibs it'll be the same again we'll, we'll go behind but then we'll instead we'll go 3-1 up and then they'll score towards the end. Right, okay. Lib? I think we're nailed on to concede. I also think we'll score. I think it'll be two and hibs. Two and hibs! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for 3 1. 3 1 hibs. I'm, I'm in the same ballpark as both years. I think we will concede. Um, I can't. Even, is the first leg against, was it Mulder? Is that the only sort of nil nil we've ever really had in Europe recently? That I, I can't really remember many other nil nils, or even low scoring games. I guess both legs against Bromby, so shut up, you. Uh, no, but I, I'll go three uh, one. I'll take goal scorers as well. I'll take Kevin Nisbet. I thought he was incredibly unlucky not to score it uh, at, at the weekend. Unbelievable effort for the for the second goal, uh, and just really really impressed with his overall performance. If he can nab a goal. In Europe, that'll only enhance his record, like what his goal against the Netherlands and playing in the Euros would have done. And then I will take Martin Boyle to get on the score sheet again because we will get a penalty. I feel like we get a shit ton of penalties these days and perfectly confident with Boyle dispatching them. And Paul Hanlon will score from a corner. Yeah, some penalty from the Boiler at the weekend. We didn't say that, but that was a perfect penalty. That's about as good as you can hit them. It's always, you always get a good. You always you can always tell it's a good penalty and the keeper goes the right way, and it's we just that's one of the penalties that they say oh it's a good height for the keeper like it's no right in the bottom corner it's no right in the top corner but it just whips in the side net. Nah, um, so, to be fair, I'd say that nah, I'm on the bottom corner. That was pretty much bottom corner. That was a decent pen. 
It was pretty high yeah, up. It was quite lifted off the ground. Nah, it was right quite a good distance off the ground. Like. Ah, I disagree, I disagree. Like. You need to go and get these specs checked, mate. Um, <laughs> uh, Ross County on Sunday, obviously they opened up with a 0-0 draw against St. Johnson. Are we all in agreement that is probably the least surprising result in a football game of all time? I put, like, See, I State of Ali McCann's penalty. <laughs> oh, oh I've seen it. Oh, wow. Just straight over the bar. Like, uh, it was a total no hope <laughs> penalty. Like, I just, what do you mean? What do you, I know we sort of mentioned Ross County, um, Ross County last week. Um, what, do you, what do you expect from on Sunday? I just, I just, I can't see them showing up to East Road and, and doing much. I, I just, I, I just don't. Mark, I know the guy was saying they needed three or four bodies in, and he was expecting to get three or four bodies in by Tuesday. So goodness knows where they're signing them from to get three or four players in from Saturday to Tuesday. But um, sounds like they feel like they're a few short. Um, you know, I predicted them to be in the, the relegation zone this season. So you know, I'd, I'd stick with that prediction. I didn't see anything on the highlights that would make me change my mind. Um, so I think even with a tough examination. On Thursday night, I think we should still have enough in the tank to beat Ross County on Sunday. Yep. Um, you mentioned earlier that you don't think we should change the midfield three, uh, whatever it may well be, on Thursday night when I'm going into Sunday. Would you expect to see changes elsewhere in the pitch, like up front, wide positions? Nah, I, I, think, I think we can make changes after the away legs. We've got the League Cup against uh, Kilmarnock on the Sunday. I think I'd make changes for the Diddy Cup on the Sunday. Rather than uh, rather than making changes for the league, because I think we need to, I think we need to get points on the board. So yeah, yeah I'd, 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 I'd be inclined not to make many changes at all for Sunday if we can. And I think the one that, that kind of jumps out is maybe the, the biggest worry is that Stevenson will have to play ninety minutes again because we have no other option at left back um, unless there's a body comes in the door. And even then, it might be too late to kind of bring him up to speed. So um, that that's a wee bit concerning, but there's there's no alternative there really, is there? No, uh, no, because uh, best cross in world football still got a moon bit on his left peg. So unfortunately, it's Lewis Stevenson and Sean Mackie nowhere to be seen. Um, Harry Ross County on Sunday. Um, would you expect to see more changes than maybe Liam does? Um, I'm not sure, but I'm definitely going to be more cautious in my approach because last time I was overly confident against Ross County, we got absolutely papped at home. Um, I think that the the things that are in our favour though are the fact they've got a new manager who plays a very different way to Yogi Hughes and um, they've not had very many games because they've had a few cancelled in the League Cup so they won't be a very match fit team they've not had many games to actually practice the new system so and they've had quite a good turnover of players eh? Yes Because see, see for me like you know how Keaton's made the habit of getting promoted in back to back like he'd done it like four times in a row or something crazy like that I reckon Callahan's doing the same he's not good enough for Scottish top flight football I don't not understand why teams keep signing him their midfield. I, year last year. I, I played for Hamilton. Rubbish. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I, I don't think Ross County have got much about them. Um, Ollie Shaw scored against us. But apart from that, they've not got anything about them. Yeah. So this was the this was their uh, team against uh, St Johnson. So Ross Lee Bongos, Cole Donaldson, Keith Watson, and Alex the L- Yakaviti at centre half. Connor Randall, Jesus fuck. Mm-hmm. Ross Callahan, Jesus fuck. Jordan Tilson, Blair Spittle, Regan Charles Cook, Jordan White, and Dominic Samuel, who I think is new. On the bench, they had, or coming off the bench, they had Ollie Shaw and Harry, Harry Payton. Um, 
no other players on their bench that I recognise that none of them came on. I think you make a good point as well, Harry, about the games getting called off in the League Cup. It's not just the games getting called off. They've been in 10 days isolation as well, so they must, they should, I'd, I'd guess, be a little behind, bit behind fitness-wise as well. Yeah, but yeah. Liam Anker just cut you off there. No, nah, I was going to say the boy Charles Cook looked quite busy against the last season, sort of kind of left wing back, that I think might be right footed because he always kind of looks to cut inside. Um, I thought he looked all right. Uh, Jordan White is just the most limited target man in Scottish football, like literally lump it up to the big man, hope it sticks kind of football player. Um, so guys like that don't really worry me too much. Um, I just, I just. I don't see a scenario other than the Hibs win, and I, I, I hate to be so confident against a team like that, but just I've got nothing. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I agree. It's, it's difficult this early in the season as well. You're guessing. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we predicted, I think, did all of us have Ross County in the bottom two last week? Maybe Greg didn't. I can't remember. No, I think Greg did as well. I, I don't know if I had Motherwell, so, did I? Um, nah, nah, probably put them in. Like, so. What's changed on the back end now? Now Jarvis and Johnson at home, you know what I mean. So it, it is kind of difficult to to really see what uh, to see what they're going to do. Um, but then again, if, I think if uh, I think if our predictions came true, we probably would have won the league last year because we probably each predicted how to lose maybe once. <laughs> like so, what do we know? Um, Mate, have you not met Greg? <laughs> <laughs> what um something that. Um, I wanted to ask you actually just around going back to the games and stuff like obviously yesterday felt unbelievably normal the attendance was probably spot on as to what a Hibs Motherwell game at Fir Park would normally be just how devastated would you be if you didn't get a ticket in the ballot for the the Reika game and then unfortunately your season ticket you were unlucky uh, in the, uh, on the Sunday um, would are you has the thought even crossed your mind about having to watch a laptop again? I'm, no. I'm, I'm not trying to... Uh, you go. I've, I've spoke first a few times. You go. No, no. I, I was just going to I was gonna say the thought hasn't crossed my mind because I, I, I do think we'll... I'm going to sound fucking really arrogant here, but I do, I do think we'll get more than 4,700 for the Rieka game. I do think the game on Sunday... Monday is supposed to be the end of social distancing. So... Surely, 20, what difference is 24 hours going to make? Surely we will have something like a normal attendance at the game on Sunday. Surely to God. A lot of it will Just come down like to the match tomorrow, eh? Um, um, yes. is it, is it, is tomorrow, am I right in saying tomorrow? tomorrow right? As Nicola Sturgeon basically says, what's happening a week today, tomorrow, is that right? Yeah, but... Right. And then, and then I would agree if they if they if they are going to go ahead with the guidelines as it is. The good thing is that the Kelly game, if it all, tell me why do we still record on a Monday? Everything seems to happen on a fucking Tuesday, right? If, if we were recording this tomorrow night, we'd probably be speaking for a little bit better. But the Kelly game seems to be. I'm fairly hopeful that we're going to get a pretty good crowd for that. Although it being a League Cup season ticket holders, I'll need to pay. It'll be another outlay in and amongst hopefully more European games as well. And speaking of more European games, um, the playoff game, uh, the playoff round fixture got announced today. If we do manage to get past Reika, um, Bohemians or Pauk, what what do you make of that draw? I think it could have been a lot more difficult. I think we've done not too badly there. I do think um, I would expect the Greek team to win against Bohemians and if they do I think that would be a tricky game but one that I don't think 
one that I don't think we can get through. What, what's your thoughts on that, Liam? I think we've got, I think we've got no better than a puncher's chance against Pout. I think they'll be a step up again in opposition. I think they'll be a considerably stronger side than um, the Echo. Just based on the personnel that they've got, based on the fact they finished second in the Greek League last season, which I think is a decent league. Um, guys like Villarina, Nelson Oliveira, Shinji Kagawa. You know, they've got names that you, you instantly look at and go, they've got some heavy in their team. <laughs> they, will, they will be a big step up from the Echo if we get to them. But if you never know. In, Bohemians have done well in Europe so far this season. If they finish second, how are they only in the conference league? Is it because it like, overlapped with because the Greek League? Starting? Uh, I just I think the Greek leagues they just never do well in Europe. Yeah. Like Olympia, like I don't think they had the team in the Champions League last year. I don't think I don't think uh, Olympia. I think Olympiacos got packed out in the qualifiers. The Rangers will beat them actually last year. I'm sure. I'm sure Rangers are Celtic. No idea. Olympiacos won the league at a canter last season. I did see that. I had a wee look up earlier on. Um, Olympiacos were runaway winners. Because uh, I think and. Uh, a key Athens have been in the doldrums for the last couple of seasons. So um but no pout pout they will be they will be really, really tough opposition. But let's not even think about that because no. Let's just get let's just get through this fucking VF. No, no, yeah, just, uh, literally just because it got brought up today. So uh, I thought we'd get our thoughts on yeah. it. A we trip to play Bohemians would be lovely though, wouldn't it? That'd be fun. Oh. That'd be so much fun. So much fun. I, random one, you, you, you'll, you'll hate me. I'd um, book to Bohemians when he's five. We're going to play them in the Challenge Cup. Um, oh, but I got right, yeah. back in the day. So, yeah, there's there's one for you. But... <laughs> um, and what, right, so... I don't know what the story would be with Republic Ireland because there's no borders there either. So, like, surely, presumably, we can just fucking get over on the ferry to from uh, Strunart Alarm, wherever it is, and then drive down. Strunart! Yeah, up in Scotland, He's looking absolutely blank. There'll be a few. Oh, there'll be a few listeners who get that. Less, uh, get get that reference. I am Peter Case Phoenix Knights. For, I was, for I was your time. message just to make sure I was right. I didn't want to embarrass myself by saying it out loud in case I was wrong. I was sure that was Peter Case. Tell you what, I tell you who would have got that. Uh, Greg, Greg absolutely fucking loves Phoenix Knights. Um, but um, you, you no, and Greg guess... never get pop culture references. I've I've never seen Phoenix Night, uh, but Greg, You've Greg, never seen Greg any, like we'll, Mate, we'll stop the podcast for just second. Ewan has it's got the YouTube. worst pop culture in the world. Doesn't even care Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. No, I've seen I've seen Star Wars, only Star Wars. I'm not a big fan of Lord of the Rings. Like I am, um, I've seen bits of I've Phoenix because I actually I actually tried to Google it to um to like see if I could watch it online anywhere, but you can see it. So I've seen like YouTube clips and that. It seems funny as fuck, um, but. No, I guess well, you got any further business, lads, or shall we get a high busy of the week nominated and be done with this? <laughs> high busy of the week. I'm I'm fucking enthused about that, and I'm that enthused about. It, I'm gonna go first. Um, so my high busy of the week nomination, just to steal a thunder on everyone, we've been talking them up now for some time. I think it's got to be the one and only signing from St Mirren. <laughs> It's not one and only signing from St Mirren. There's not a full <laughs> signing from St Mirren. <laughs> but it is. Mr. 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 Kyle McGuinness. 
And Liam has already went back to what he done when he first joined the podcast, picking the absolute fucking obvious so he can win every week. <laughs> Harry, who's your nomination after the very clear and obvious one has been taken by Mr. Fogarty? I never really had the chance to sing his praises earlier, so I'm going to go for it. He's not going to win this because nobody is he's, he's going to get maybe like six percent of the votes. One of them's going to be me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I personally think it deserves to be Kyle McGuinness. So I hope he does win it. But I'm going to shout out Lewis Stevenson. I thought that he had an absolutely brilliant game. I thought defensively, especially, he made two or three like last ditch tackles that. If he didn't make everybody would be on his back, but he didn't get the praise when he actually does it. Um, I think he's an absolute machine for his age and he deserves all the credit in the world. I've been bad for Slagram over the years, but when when you mature a bit in your viewpoint of football, you can appreciate how good a player Lewis Stevenson is. So he, he gets my high either way. What a champion. Um I like that nomination that much, Harry. I'm gonna chuck you, I'm gonna chuck you a pity vote for that, uh, for that. So you two votes. <laughs> <laughs> I I am going to also do the same as what Liam has and revert back to last season. And I he didn't score. Um he didn't score at the weekend, but I thought Kevin Nisbet was unbelievable. I thought he was really, really good. Uh some, like Liam said, some of his movements I thought were real good. Maybe the unbelievable is not the word, but I think in spells he looked really, really good. Some of the touches like I thought when he took up positions at the edge of the box and stuff, he really like got the defender in close, but his first touch was always in, and it, it, it was epitomised on the the second goal. He got a first touch straight out of his body, positioned himself to shoot. Really unlucky, it's not hit the post and went in, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Tristan Doyle's done really well when he came on. I think he noticeably sharper, eh, I would say, at the weekend than against Santa Coloma. Just with the more minutes he's getting in his legs, I would say. I think he done well in there. Martin Boyle had a great game as well. Eh, but no, I'll go for Kevin Nisbet. Um, just because I think out of the rest of the players on the park, he'd done it consistently through the 90. I thought John Mill was really good in the second half, but the first half wasn't great. And Jake Doyle Hayes simply wasn't on long enough to warrant the nomination. Remind, remind me who you're nominating because you've mentioned about three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who, who? Uh, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Nisbet's my nomination. Although I do think Martin Boyle, Christian Deutsch both with their goals done really well. But wait, I'll go for the second wait, 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 this, this Justin, I've, I've got Greg's nomination. Greg, um, he wants to hold his hands up. He's got rid of all his bed sheets. He said his subs changed the game. Greg's nomination for Highby the Week is Jack Ross. Sometimes, sometimes Greg sometimes Greg you've just got to be the bigger man and accept you're wrong well done <laughs> Jim, I can't wait to tell as many listeners to that by the way he's going to absolutely kill me oh. Jack, Jack, Jack Ross did get spot on uh, at the weekend though I think he got, I think he done well and uh, he was quite animated on the side as well which is which is always good to see and that's Greg hates when he's not animated as well so should have chucked that in his nomination as well but uh, no boys we'll be back Next Monday, if not sooner, you never know, we might squeeze something in beforehand. But if not, we'll have two games to review next week. Hopefully, it's uh, going to say six points, but that's uh, that's an Ange Popes. I can't say it. What's his surname? Again, the Celtic glue. Hopefully, we get Ange Postacol glue. Oh, Jesus. Hopefully, we've got. Hopefully we've got a European win and another three points in the bank. Cheers. 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 Cheers.